Our extended discussion on Poela Magi Maroka Magica with Ted Deese begins now. Now, Ted, um, how long has it been? Has it been a year since I talked you into watching this thing? About that long, yeah. So there's going to be a couple little hazy parts for me, I would say, but uh, it was really cool. It was awesome. Yeah, I I don't remember. I can't remember exactly what prompted me. Well, nah, it wasn't that. I, I can't remember what it was that prompted me to. I think it was opportunistic. You were on Facebook one morning, and I said, hey, have you ever seen such and such? And you said no. And eventually, what happened? Eventually, you wound up purchasing it, didn't you? Yeah, I ended up getting it. So, yeah. Yeah. See, I've got I have the one that doesn't have the English tracks on it though. I've got the I've got the uh the import from Japan that doesn't have the uh doesn't have that stuff on it. Now, here's the thing, folks. Um I'm going to do a little bit of setup because we're going to be looking for e- examples of the gospel going on in in the story. So, the gospel gets told in a way that you don't see it coming. For one thing, the material doesn't look like it would support it. Yeah, but weaving together a story that really does show how people are sinners through and through. They're they're terrible. Let's Ted. Do we just want to start at the beginning and just like hit the highlights of the thing, or, or what do we? How do we want to do this? Well, sure. It's um, in a nutshell, and, and you can go into more detail about it. But it's it's. It follows the. It's a magic girl kind of genre. That's really a deconstruction of that. Yeah. So you know, like my own personal, you know, anime kind of uh, the amount that I've actually watched is not that big. Like I, you know, I remember watching uh, Gatchaman back when it was like Battle for the Planets, whatever it was called. Yeah, and uh, like Ast- Astro Boy, and like I, I'm aware of Sailor Moon. So basically, Sailor Moon is another one of these. Magic girl kind of style genre, you know, shows. But uh, this is one where it's taking that genre of magic girl and kind of taking it apart. Yeah, I see the the writer of the of the story, Jan Urobuchi, who's also known as the Earl Butcher because he has this thing about wiping out the cast of his stories. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's there's part of your spoilers right there. Um, what it was was whenever he was asked to write this, he'd never written a story for the magical girl genre before. Looks at the looks at the genre and says, "You know, there's flaws in the in the genre that people just ignore. Things that could go on. Like, what if the magical character that comes along and says, "Oh, you would be just exactly the right type of person to help me in my quest to do whatever it is that he's doing." What if he comes along and he's not actually who he says he is? I got to checking. I can't find another Magical Girl series where their character, that that the magic character that comes along and offers the wish or offers the powers and everything to the innocent girl isn't someone who's on the up and up. And we have Kubei come along, and he always comes along at just the right time to offer young girls the chance to first of all they get a wish and the wish is in return for a life of using your magical powers to fight against witches 
and you meet in the beginning a girl named Madoka, who spends almost the entire time not being a magical girl, even though her name is in the title of the show. <laughs> and and you meet Mommy, you meet her best friend Sayaka. Mommy is already a magical girl whenever the, the thing starts. All of the tropes for the genre are there. There's the transfer student that comes in, the mysterious transfer student comes in. There's the sort of mystery that, that revolves around that. Why are these strange things happening? The character that comes in and seems like it's an innocuous character, but isn't actually. Cubay's not actually that wonderful a character. Well, it should also be... I mean, you should know that because he's got these, like, creepy eyes. Yeah, he's emotionless. He doesn't, he doesn't even have a mouth. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, uh, there's, a, there's, a, like there's a little bit of a hint, but, I mean, it really hits it hard later when all of a sudden it's revealed what's going on with all that. Yeah. 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 So, but the, 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 the thing that gets it started is at the beginning of it when everybody's trying to figure out, okay, what would I wish for? Monica is not exactly certain if there's anything that she wants because she's she's got a good life. She's got a family that she loves. She's okay with – I mean she's kind of worried about the way her life's going to be. She's worried that she's going to be a burden for people. She wouldn't want to be that kind of a person. She doesn't want to be someone who just relies on everybody else. She does think that being a magical girl would be nice because she could help people. In fact, maybe at one point she says – that might be reward enough. My wish is to become a magical girl. Mommy puts her off of that. Says, no, no, you need to rethink that. Because, eh, think about what it is you're asking for. In fact, Cube at one time asks her, are you therefore just asking for raw power? Is that, is that what you think that this would be about? You know, I would be a great and powerful person. Here's a spoiler for you. Episode three, we find out because Homera, who's the exchange student, um, tells them that a certain witch is, you know, this particular witch, you should stay away from. Let me take care of this one. And Mommy says, oh, no, no, well, I'll take care of it. Mommy's kind of the idolist of the bunch. She's the, the zealot, if you will. She thinks that, you know, being a magical girl should be these kinds of things. I should always be willing to help people, even at the cost of my own life. I should be able to do these things. I should think this way. Mommy runs right in and gets herself killed. That was a big shock to a lot of audience. And that was the, the cue that said, hmm, this isn't what I thought that it was going to be. Usually, the heroes of the story get to live. <laughs> that's what hit me when I watched. That's what yeah, it was it's like. also like generally it's pretty light. But then all of a sudden you start to see like, there's a dark edge to all of it. The cracks start uh, to show, <laughs> and it gets it gets darker as it goes. Yeah, and but the whole like the magic girls are all fighting these these uh, witches, and the the big kind of crazy reveal to all of it is is that they've all been duped into these contracts with with Coupe. Um, and he's like he's not good. He's basically this kind of uh, satanic kind of tempter type character. Yeah, he's, and, uh, he's the Mephistopheles big, character. Yeah, a big liar, but the way that uh, Cupy lies is by omitting certain important details. Yeah, like when they ask, so if magical girls come from you, know, you, where do witches come from? And his answer was, well, if 
Magical girls are born from wishes. Witches are born from curses. Now, they accept that because that sounds like it makes sense. You know, they're able to sort of make sense of that. He knows that they'll make sense of it. Whatever keeps him from asking more questions is what he gives them. And what happens is, is slowly the magical magic girls, uh, magical girls end up uh, going through kind of a, a hollowing out process where they end up turning into uh, witches. So yeah. well, they, they, out, they end up creating the grief seed, and then pow, they like they become. It turns out that that's the whole point. <laughs> Yeah. Because Cube is short for incubator. He brings these girls in. He has them fight the witches, but he fully expects them to fall into despair. And after a while, see, see, whenever they make a contract, each girl gets what they call a soul gem. Looks like a little Fabergé egg. And this is another example of one of the tropes of the magical girl series is something that would be something that would appeal to young girls like that all in fact all of the trappings that cube is showing there would be something that appeals to them makes them think that oh this would just be wonderful look i can design my own costume monica's got a, a notebook where she's drawing out what her costume should look like and all of that stuff Everybody kind of gets a giggle out of it, but that's what Cube is putting there, and he is the incubator who selects them and allows them to fall into despair where their soul gem becomes the grief seed that spawns a witch, and whenever a witch is born, energy is expand is expelled, and he collects that energy. That's why he's there. That's the real reason that he's there. To, to uh, you know, and, and his idea is, is that, or the incubator's idea is, is that they want to slow down the uh, the slowing down process of everything in the of the universe. Yeah, because there's there's you know there's there's heat death. Now they've got a way. It's in the translation. It's hard to figure out whether or not he is being serious about the science, or if once again he's telling these girls whatever it takes to get them to. You know, be quiet. You know, you've asked these questions. Here's my answer. There you go. But he says that they're trying to fight off heat death, and they were looking for a way to gather energy that, you know, cheats against the, you know, because usually if you take, um, you know, firewood, for instance, and you burn it, you don't get as much energy out of the firewood as it took to actually create it. And in, his, in the case that he's talking about, he doesn't just mean, you know, creating it like from whole cloth, like, like say God would create something. Now you got to put a seed in the ground and it's got to grow for a really long time and then you burn it, it's gone. There's only so much energy can come out of it. They found a way to cheat on that. And that was whenever an adolescent girl falls into despair, becomes a witch, this huge amount of energy is, expo is ex expelled, and they collect it, and they're using that to help power the rest of the universe. This is where the utilitarian thing comes in. Q um, General Obuchi is just absolutely – it's a thing – it's a problem in Japan. In fact, um, their sociologists say that that was the reason that they got mixed up in World War II in the first place. Imagine, you know, the, the kamikaze pilots. What are they doing? They're giving their lives over for the greater good. Kubey tells the girls, that's what you're doing. You're giving yourself for the greater good. It's just a small number of you compared to the population of all the world, especially throughout all of history. 
It's just a, just a few of you. And look at the great good that you did. The hollowing out part, Sayaka. Ted, do you remember any uh, much about that? Has it been a while since you've seen it? Well, she was the one with the uh, the incident on the train, right? She's the one with the boyfriend who plays played the violin, but he was in an accident. And um, besides, you know, losing his ability to walk, which he could potentially get back, his left hand was damaged. He can't play anymore. Right. And Sayaka's wish was, whenever she decides to become a magical girl, was for his hand to be be healed so that he could be a violinist again. And then the trouble for her was is that she clued into the fact that she was uh, basically dead. Yeah, like she, her, her, it was yeah. all it was all over for her, and and now she couldn't possibly. Well, that was see that's the part. There's another spoiler thing. Here's a spoiler alert, folks. Um, where do the where do the soul gems come from? Well, when they create a magical girl, he literally rips the soul out of them and puts them into the soul gem. I love the, that quote that he had. He said, you humans, you're so touchy about the placement of your souls. Don't you understand that this is better? If your soul is here inside this easy-to-protect little egg, you could do whatever you wanted to to your body. It could be you know, burned, destroyed, or any of that, and it would just be a matter of healing it back. And they're all taken aback when they find out that, oh, you mean you ripped our soul out of our bodies. And that just destroys her because she's not certain how she could ever be, actually in, in Japanese thought, how she could ever be a good wife to her boyfriend. And she and he's the reason that she did any of it in the first place. Yeah. And oh, she's like screwed. That's, yeah, she, that's exactly right. She's stuck. There's there's no way forward for her, and she begins to fall into despair. That's where the big reveal comes from. When Kyoko is looking for her, finds her in the train station after the incident on the train, which was, you know, depending on who you talk to, if you talk to Jenna Rabucci, the incident on the train went very badly. If you talk to the director, Akiyuki Shinbo, he says, oh, no, 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 she didn't kill him. She didn't kill those people on that train. Sure seemed like she did. Anyways. Uh, that's what's implied. You know, that's where the sin and everything comes from. She knows what she's done. She knows how far this is sunk. She and has no and and at this point there's no gospel. There's no nothing anyone can do for her. Are are you disappointed now, Henry? <laughs> no, I mean it actually seems a lot more um interesting. Like I said, I, I got about an hour into the first movie, which uh I believe is like six episodes into the series, more or less, and yeah. As soon as Mari died, it's like, oh, this is much more grim than I thought oh, yeah. it was. And it, um, yeah, it's very grim, especially considering how Homer is acting. See, she's yeah. the transfer student that comes in, who's like all really dark and bitter, and and you know never seems to smile, and just says all these strange things. Hunting down Cuba, by the way. <laughs> yeah, That's, there's a reason why she hunts Cubes. <laughs> So, she knows what's yeah, going on. on. She knows the score. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, in the in the first episode, she says that she's from a Christian school. Does that ever come into the uh, to the rest of the plot at all, or is that just like kind of like a dead fact? No, it does. Later on, there there is a scene where she kind of talks about that a little bit. I think. 
Oh, and okay. like because her dad was a preacher or something like no, no, that. No, that's Kyoko. Kyoko's oh, story Kyoko, is sorry. is a disturbing story too about the reason about what happened with her. Um, you know, because they go to that church, this abandoned church in Japan. It's it's falling apart. I mean, you know, they kick the door open. She's just there's stuff everywhere. Looks like it. It looks a little bit like what would have been an Anglican cathedral. And oh, okay. and, and considering the way her father is shown. Display. I mean, you know, it's kind of fanciful the way they have it, but considering the way he's uh, dressed, that may very well be the case. He may have been an, an Anglican priest. Okay. You know, so maybe. But the interesting thing with that, whenever you get that or like the other character saying that, well, I came from a – transferred from a Christian school, that means that this all happens inside a world in which Christianity exists. Yeah. That's, That's true. Yeah. You were the one that pointed that out to me when uh, you you said, um, "Here's my phone number. Give me a call." After you got done watching it, and you you pointed that out, and there's just tons of um, like in the. This is one of the reasons why I said, Ted, you could watch the TV show, but you, you should watch the movies because they over accentuate actually the symbolism on the back half of the of the story, so that you know it becomes obvious that they're they're this is the themes that they're they're talking about. Um, yeah, I know. There's going to be some people listen to this and say, oh, I don't think it's Christian at all. I think it's more of, well, there's a lot of ways you can interpret it. Understand, this is angel repair juice. This is what we talk about here. You know, Kyoko's got that whole thing where she has the bag of apples. She offers one to Saika. Saika says, so where did you get those apples? Because Kyoko's all on her own. Kyoko thinks, so I'll just use my magical powers basically to benefit just me. That way I don't fall into the trap that you fell into, Saika. You know, and she's, where did you get those? Did you pay for them? She doesn't answer, but that's because she can't say yes. <laughs> she offered the, she offered the apple to Saika and Saika actually said no. But it didn't matter because look at Saika's life at that point. She was already depressed and disturbed about the way things are going. And yeah, and then there's that part where they try to rescue her. Remember that, Ted? Kyoko mm-hmm. was the one that wanted to try and rescue her, and that didn't go very well either. No. I, I, uh, Kyoko's got know, that part where interesting... she actually decides to pray. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the thing that I kind of, I don't know, strikes me too is like when Jesus says, you know, the, the, um, the person who hates their life will keep it. Yeah. And that's that's what happens when these guys turn into when the magical girls turn into the witches, is that bits and pieces of their prior life, yeah, is are inside in the, their their witch maze or their yeah their labyrinth is populated by labyrinth. yeah. So like the the, the whole like the railway tracks and the trains and like all that, like all of these things get sucked inside of it. So it's like they're they're in their own kind of little little hell in some way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where the where the troubles that they had wind up on display um, a bit. I don't know if I got. I can't remember if I talked to you about this or not. But the the okay, Henry. Since you've seen this part, I can tell you this. This is in the uh, in the uh, liner notes in mine in here about Charlotte, the the witch that killed mommy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Here's here's her backstory. It happened very quickly, actually, right there at the hospital um, when they found the the grief seed stuck in the wall. Yeah. Charlotte, her real name is Bebe, and her mom is in the hospital. Her mom is dying. 
her and her mom used to do this thing where they, they would bake things. And one of the things that they liked to do was to make cheesecake. Cube shows up for her, for Bebe, and says, you know, you could have a wish. Well, Bebe's a little younger than the rest of them. She says, oh, then I wish for a piece of cheesecake. She falls, and the reason why she's a crazy powerful one is because as soon as she realizes the, the wish that she made, she could have made the wish, I want my mom to live. As soon as she finds out that that's what happens, she realizes that Cubay, you know, you could have told me this. Well, I can't interfere, you know, all that stuff. She falls right in despair right then and there and becomes a witch. Oh, okay. That's the reason that it was right there at the hospital, stuck in the wall. And and when you see her in, in the labyrinth, you see the cakes, you see the syringes, you see all the medical stuff. The okay. cheese, you know, she's crying about cheese. Um, you know, the song that you hear being chanted in German, Käse, Käse, wo ist die Käse, where is the cheese? Oh, she's she's okay. stuck in this, you know, this is her torment, the witch's torment. She's stuck in, she knows what it is she did wrong. In other words, the sins are, are right there tormenting her. Yeah, and, and it's, it's, all, it's all just kind of plain sight. And then later when you realize what's going on, you're like, oh, hey, look at that. Yeah, when you go back and you look at it again, you go, oh, wow. And, and to some extent, the first labyrinth that you see, you can look at it and figure out what was going on there. Each of these, each of them, in fact, in the, the end titles of the, of the movie, you see each of these witches. You see their silhouettes when, before they were witches. Mm. <laughs> you have to, you, to make you look at them. Just to say, oh, all these witches that you thought were so horrible... They were actually just like the characters that you care about. Which is an interesting twist on the genre. Yeah. Because usually the bad guy, you hate the bad guy. You have every right to hate the bad guys. You have every right to hate Cubay because he's the one that's caused all of this. It's a lot deeper. Um, Listening to us describe it, huh? You got it, got it yeah. now? What was the last thing you remember when you were watching the – you were an hour into it? What? what? Yeah. It was when um, – First met uh, Kyoko. She's she would be red. She would she's in yeah. a red costume with the with yeah, the spear. Yeah, it's when they when they first meet her and she challenges. Uh, yeah, um, what's this stuff you going after the familiar? What's 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 that about? Don't you what? understand the food chain here? <laughs> what? Yeah, that what? was her. That was her. That was what she was telling Saika when she got into the fight with yeah. Saika. Yeah, yeah. Saika yeah. was going to have none of that. Yeah, yeah. Because she was going to be the she was really going to be a hero. She the one that wanted to be the, the you know the kind of hero that Mommy was wound up being not at all like that. And there's a way in which Mommy dying was actually a good thing. Who knows what her witch would have been like. Yeah. So, now Ted, let's talk about how the gospel fl flows into this. You want to? That way, Take it away. that way we'll totally spoil it for for Henry. So, like <sighs> I said, folks, spoilers. The trick is, is that the character that the of the of the girls that you've got there that, that is the most hateful one, Homera, who's just all the time, you know, in your face. You don't understand this stuff. You should just stay away. I'm more powerful than you. All sorts of just attitude that makes it, all of them hate her. In fact, makes to some extent makes you hate them. 
Well, her backstory is, and I like to say that it's Sisyphus. Her backstory is that way back several times before, when she became a magical girl, she had met Madoka and she had met Mommy when she was just, you know, a normal person, normal girl. She also got to witness Mommy and Madoka both die. They were both trying to fight Valpurgisnacht. Valpurgisnacht is like in the story, the, a witch that's so powerful it doesn't need a labyrinth to hide in. If it manifests even once, thousands will die. And they know where it's coming. It's going to be here and somebody's got to do something about it. Homura witnesses the two of them die. Kyube shows up and says, you know, she's wishing that she could do something. And Kyube says, so do you want that wish to be a true wish or what? So what would your wish be? And she says, I want to redo my meeting with Madoka. Only this time I want to be able to protect her. Yeah. So she becomes oh. so she becomes a magical girl who controls time. The thing is, is she goes forward in time. She goes back to the beginning to do like her wish, you know, to redo it. And she still watches Mommy and Madoka die, particularly Madoka. Watches Madoka die. Goes back and That's tries. She's such an unpleasant individual. Yeah, she goes back and tries again, and again. And again, and over time, doing this turns her into that, like you said, this this unpleasant person who, the way she, remember how she stated it uh, whenever the, the part where Monica meets her in her cosplay, the way she said it, <laughs> so she's after the, the Q-Bay, and, it, and at the beginning of it, you're, you're looking at her and you think, man, she's just a despicable person. Said, nope, now she's looking at the umpteenth time that she's met Kaname Monica, and this time, I'm going to get it right. No matter how yeah. long I have to stay in this labyrinth. By the way, the Japanese word is the same. You know, she's in the English translation. They say maze. The Japanese word's the same. Labyrinth, maze. They just translated it differently. No matter how long I have to remain in this labyrinth, I will continue until I get this right. That's why she's the bitter person that she is. She's, she's all this time been trying to save Kaname Madoka from dying. And also, the main reason is because Madoka becomes a magical girl and it all goes sour every time. <laughs> Madoka finds out about this in, in the present timeline, because there's dozens of timelines. Madoka finds out about this, because Homura tells her. Homura finds out that the reason why every time she goes through it, Madoka becomes a little more powerful and a little more powerful. In fact, one of the timelines has Madoka takes on Valpurgisnock, pulls one shot, explodes, immediately becomes a witch that devours the world. Oh, wow. <laughs> the original timeline, the reason that Madoka became a, a – and this isn't in the story. This is in the liner notes. The, origi the, the original time, the first time timeline that happens, if you want to call it – um, Groundhog Day, you can kind of anime Groundhog Day. The first time she does it is because she saw a cat get run over by a car. Kube shows up and she says, "I wish that that cat was alive." Boom, the cat's alive again. In the show, you've seen the show, Henry. In, in the theme there, the cat that she's holding—that's the cat. Oh, okay. Yeah. Monica finds out. Well, okay, let me finish this. The reason why Monica becomes more and more powerful is because every time Homer goes through and tries this again, 
all of these different fates start wrapping together until you get sort of this supercharged fate moment where every time that Madoka becomes a magical girl, she's more powerful every time. And it always goes hideously wrong every time. Worse every time. And that's that's Homer's problem. She's She's stuck in this forever. In fact, for her, she can't stop because if she did, she would immediately fall into despair and become a witch. Monica gets a chance to see all throughout history, the magical girls. Now, Ted, I never got to ask you this. A few of the magical girls that you see at the end, they're fanciful versions of anime girls that you've seen before. But didn't a few of them look a little more historical than than what you would expect? Yeah, I'm trying to remember exactly how that worked one of out. Them, but... One of them was Cleopatra. Right. Another one was Mulan. <laughs> there was there was a girl with sort of wavy curly hair with a a a uh, star of David on her arm sitting in a in a uh, box car. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, could Anna Frank have been a magical girl? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, there's there's there was this it was it was very interesting. So so Cube thinking that it, oh yeah you know he's he's doing his job, he makes the mistake. I say that it's a mistake of allowing. Monica to see the history of the world through the eyes of the magical girls. In a way, Monica adopts the magical girls as her people at that moment. She's got to do something about this. It's going badly. The, he, the way it always works is Homer says, I will fight Valpurgis Noct. You stay out of it, Monica. You stay out of it. Don't do anything with it. It always goes badly, and Monica decides that she's going to do something about it. Only this time, she's had a chance to see all of this history, and she also knows that every time this happens, she always winds up dead. So she decides to try something different. Should I go the rest of the way, Ted? Sure, go the rest of the way. Okay. Instead of firing the shot, she at first it looks like she's missed. It's a swing and a miss because <laughs> she draws the, the bow back. Monica's transformed, draws the bow back. And doesn't actually fire it at Valpurgis Noct, fires it into the air, and then it starts to splinter off. And Monica begins to appear all throughout history to all the magical girls and literally takes the despair from them right at that, right at that moment when they're about to become witches. That's her wish, is to, is to destroy all witches before they're burn, born, past, present, and future. Takes, okay. takes it into herself. Later on, I'm not going to like spoil all the imagery, but later on, at what can only be understood to me anyway is before the foundations of the world, because everything's coalescing back together again, because, you know, Monica's doing this thing where she's rewriting the rules of the world, so the universe, so that witches can't be born. That's the, that's the one thing. And it's before the foundations of the world and Madoka's witch form appears floating over the earth and all of these these moments of despair from all of the magical girls are flying around and a tiny little spark in all of this crazy black nuts, tiny little spark appears, a little light shines in the darkness and Madoka draws the bow back and fires it at her own witch form, slain before the foundations of the world. 
Which is pretty cool. <laughs> Which is really cool, especially considering that, you know, you actually see at one point a corpus, Monica, up like a corpus. I, I love this, this, this thing. Now, did, maybe, Ted, did you catch this? When Monica makes her wish and they appear in Mommy's apartment, they're sitting at that table. At the beginning of it, when you see them sitting at the table, they're sitting at the, at, at, on the straights of the table. Monica and Sayaka are sitting at one straight and, you know, because it's a triangular table. And, right. And Mommy's sitting at one of the straights. When you get to the end of it, they're actually sitting at the corners, and there's three of them. Now, you could have picked anybody, right? In fact, why isn't Sayaka one of them? But it's actually, it's, it's Monica on one corner, Mommy on another corner, and Kyoko on the other. Like it's, like it's the Trinity. And when you go back to the very beginning of all of it, the very, 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 very beginning. Yeah. You get the little, uh, little brother who's almost like John the Baptist. Oh, yeah, that little, that little vignette at the beginning. Now, Henry's seen that. So, so I'll explain this to Henry. So okay. the father is out there doing what? He's pruning, right? He's pruning yeah. and clipping, clipping like that. And then here comes Monica, right? It says, Monica is obviously supposed to be the stand-in for Christ. Says, "Where is, you know, where's Mama?" Says, "Go in there, go help Kazia wake her up." So here she is in there in the dark, and there's John the Baptist pounding, if you will, you know, on top of her. Wake up, wake up! And then here comes the second person of the Trinity. Throws the door open. There's the light. Goes and throws open, casts more light on it. Pulls off the thing and says, wake up. <laughs> There's all this light shining in. And here's the world screaming, going, ah, what is it? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. And, it, and it's loaded with them. It's just like it winds up being loaded with these moments. And then if you go back and look at it again, you say, oh, there were moments like this already. Because while Monica wasn't a magical girl, she was doing salvif salvific things. All those people in the warehouse that were going to kill themselves, that the witch was influencing he told me oh, he's yeah. one of them you know here she is doing it again and a lot of the dramatic tension is will she make a wish and become a magical girl too which like, you know in the context of the story would be a bad thing yeah and it always turns out bad unless what you do is you decide to undo it you know, which which isn't the same. You have to listen to the way, and I, and I love the lines, the way they're they're read in 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 Japanese. Whenever Kubei says um, when she's making her wish, so no, we're not talking about just temporal manipulation anymore. You're talking about going against causality itself. Do you really intend to become a god? And then she does this double double entendre thing. Where it can be translated as "I don't care what you call it," or "No, that isn't what I mean." It's obviously she knows. It's obvious that she knows the story, because she's decided that she she does this thing where she calls it "This is my wish," but this is my prayer, and she even uses the word "kamisama," which is what the Japanese Christians use to talk about the God, the Most High God, kamisama. Sama is in you know the the highest honorific that you can stick on to anything to give somebody, you know, that high status. She said, this is my wish. This is my prayer. It, it really has some, <laughs> like, 
big epic moments. Like it builds and builds and gets to like some really amazing spots. Yeah, and you don't know how. This is why we were like struggling over whether we wanted to spoil it or not, Henry, because he wrote the story so well that you're like you're like up against a brick wall. Like, how do you get out of this? Is there any way out of this? There is, but somebody's got to give up something big. Well, Sounds you know, um, very interesting. Well, Henry, just, you you got to get on top of that and finish watching everything. And, uh, I do now. Yeah, I do. Yeah. See, now that it's been almost a year, I can suggest to... Now, do they have Netflix up there yet, uh, Ted? Do you have Netflix? I don't have Netflix. Do, but do they have it in Canada? Uh, there is, but it doesn't have the same things in it. It doesn't? Oh. I wonder if there's a way to check and see if they're carrying the third movie. If they are, you should get a... You should at least say to yourself, I'm going to get the free the, the free trial and and watch that. Unless do they have like a, a a bandwidth cap that's like crazy on you up there? That, that that could actually be a problem. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't use that at all. So yeah, because they they actually... I, I go I go to the actual theater and sit in the in the dark with other people and watch things. Yeah, well, here's the the thing. You were watching the first two movies when that was out in the theater here, and it wasn't even. It may not have even come close to you because I'm. I think their Canada dates were all in the east. Probably, yeah. Yeah. There's now, more so, so now that we're done spoiling, a, a spoiling that, why don't we tell Ted that he needs to go and see T- Attack on Titan next month? Yeah. Um, <laughs> totally. So now, Attack on Titan, that is very different than uh, Attack on Titan Junior High. Oh, yeah. Very different. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very, very different. Yeah. Because I've seen Attack on Titan, the, uh, like the trailer. Now, is that for the live-action one that you're talking about? Yeah. Okay, that's the one yeah. we're talking about. That looks pretty cool. Yeah. For those some of kids us, in the congregation are kind of stoked for that. They, they want to see that. For those of us that have seen the anime, we are very stoked about this. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the first spoiler for that, for the fact that they were going to be making one, was a Subaru commercial, which you can Google if you want. Oh, I've seen that actually. Yeah, that that was the the company that they had uh, that they had signed to do the early work to see if they could actually pull it off and make it make it reasonable. Um, they signed on with Subaru to make that one commercial, and all of Japan lit on fire when they saw that commercial. It's one of the most one of the most watched things on Nico Nico Daga in in Japan is that that thing. So we want to see a review. We want to see what Ted Giza has to say about Attack on Titan, which is actually in two parts, by the way. It's a it's a two part thing. One part comes out, I think, November third, and then two weeks later, Funimation's bringing out the next one in theaters. So. I'll, I'll watch for it in town here because it's going to either show up at one theater or maybe in the library. Library does kind of repertory things like stuff that's not going to get a wide release. Yeah, so we'll see. Well, they're supposed to have a pretty wide release, but I'm not certain how how wide. I know that they've had quite a a, a thing on the the the, uh, the pre books on that has been pretty big. So, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to split this. I'm going to split this show into two pieces because we might as well. That way, you know, people have got two things that they can they can deal with. That way, we've got two more. We got two shows out of today, Henry. Woo! <laughs> Yeah, we went long, but what can you do? Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing, though, is we had such great material with the with with Madoka Magica. There's just no way to to 
you know, recap that very quickly, even if you, if that was your intention was to recap it, which, which we didn't really, because there's a lot of stuff still in there that we didn't spoil. So, so yeah, you know, we kind of just painted the big, the big picture story, right? So yeah. now it's going to be a lot of fun to just kind of see how it all fits together. Like as you go through it yeah. and you'll be watching super close, all of the details in the, uh, witch labyrinth portions of the, uh, shows oh yeah yeah oh yeah oh yeah and then of course that that long section where homer they, they show that's that's what i was going to say that you know, there's sisyphus she does this thing rolls the boulder all the way up it doesn't work rolls back down got to do it again over and over and over again she'd be stuck in that forever if something wasn't done somebody's got to do something so so ted what do you think of trying to do angel repair juice with this we've never gone this long before yeah well, when you have lots to talk about. Yeah. Okay. Would you be back on again if we if we begged you? <laughs> well, <Bleated. laughs> we'll see. Well, I, I like. Does it does it totally fit into the whole thing? If uh, that movie that that uh, the Titans, Back of the Titans movie. Oh yes. Maybe, oh. Maybe, well, if I if I manage to get the chance to see that, maybe we can talk. Yeah, about we'll that. bring you on for we'll bring you on for Attack on Titan. Because otherwise, like I said, it's like you know. I, I know Gatchaman and Astro Boy, and I've seen like two episodes of Sailor Moon or whatever. Like, not a lot on the anime plate, but Hen- there is some cool stuff out there. So Henry, we should, you should you should have got him hooked on um, on Resurrection F. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, or Pixels. Did you do a review of Pixels? Nope. You did. Did you uh, see Pixels? I I I I refrained. He refrained. <gasps> Now, now, now you've you've hurt uh, you've hurt Henry's feelings. Henry, yeah, my sensibilities Henry have been offended. Absolutely loves pixels. Oh so. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that comes out this Tuesday. Of course, I'm going to go buy it. And actually, over the weekend, I, I bought a pixels keychain, which is amazing. Which you can GameStop s- was out of the pixel socks, sadly, but <laughs> otherwise, I would have got those too. We've staged countless interventions there, there, Ted. It's it's it has been. Uh, and you know the sad part is, is at some point when the hype has all died down and everything, it'll be on Netflix. I'll watch it, and it'll probably be halfway. It, it'll probably be halfway decent. I might even say, "Yeah, in a pinch, I might watch that again." You know, but yeah. but you know when it was all new, I was like, "Oh, please, <laughs> stop exploiting my childhood! No. Stop yeah. exploiting my childhood!" That was my thing: is stop exploiting my childhood. Stop it! Stop! Stop! I don't care how cute Cubert is. Stop. <laughs> okay. Now, so, now, now before, before we close things down, I've got a funny little anecdote here. Um, Saturday, no, not Saturday, Friday. Friday, I was at the mall, and uh, there's a the big mall near my house. It's virtually abandoned. All they have is a few stores and an arcade. So, so I'm going down to this arcade, and uh, these like uh, these Hindus are having like this like uh, event. Um, inside this big, uh, room next to the arcade, they have like a band and they have like an altar and a bunch of chairs. This isn't related to the thing with the, the, the convention, is it? No, no, this is actually related to the Attack on Titan movie. So I'm like, okay, peering, I'm peering into this room and all these, um, mainly Indian people are in traditional dress and you can hear the music going and they're walking into this room and there's a security guard there and he's like, 
whoa, man, I love your shirt. And so I'm wearing my Attack on Titan shirt. He's like, oh, have you seen that movie? The one with the baby? <laughs> He's like, see that part with the baby on the commercial, man? Like, whoa, that was creepy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I kept like, talking about it. Like, I love that movie, man. I haven't seen it. But I want to see the movie. But I love it. That's a great shirt, man. I love it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it was just what? one of those moments. What? In an abandoned mall with the, the security guard commenting on your Attack on Titan shirt while he's, um, you know, standing guard at this Hindu uh, worship event, you know. That's this, yeah. that's disjointed reality right there. Are you sure? It is, man. Are you sure that you don't like exist in your own little labyrinth? Is that what? Uh, you know, that mall could be a labyrinth, man. Uh, <laughs> the way it looks, it was really, it's all decked out. It's actually owned by a guy in Russia and it shut down and everything's kind of like in disrepair and, but it's, it's vacant and creepy, but that's where the arcade is. That's where the arcade is. Okay. <laughs> So now, can we say goodbye? Because I'm sure Ted's got things to do. Yeah, I'm sure he does. <laughs> At some point, he's like, I wonder if I'm going to get off of here. So so we've had uh, t- uh, Ted, um, tell us what you're going to be doing in the near future in case there's something you want uh, want people to follow. Uh, well, let's see. Um, there is going to be, I think this uh, Thursday, I'm going to be on uh, just around uh, – Reformation Day, the God Whispers talking about movies that get under your skin and scare you. Oh, okay. Uh, and then also upcoming uh, reviews, uh, there will be a review of a Spectre, James Bond movie. There will be a review of the last of the um, uh, Mockingbird, you know, the Hunger Game movies. Yeah. There is going to be... Um, a review of the Star Wars movie when it comes out. Oh, okay. That'll probably surface sometime just after Christmas because it kind of hits at a weird time. But uh, it's coming. It's a coming. Oh, yeah. Where's a website where they can read your reviews? Mountolive.ca. Mountolive.ca? Yeah, and it's all just spelt out. Um, Is it M-O-U-N-T? Yep. Okay. Mount Mount Olive. .ca. Yep. And there's, uh, you can even find in there uh, an index, an alphabetical index that will have all the different reviews and different uh, radio programs and podcasts and stuff I've been on. So easy easy to navigate. So there you go. You can go there and you can find out what a uh, Lutheran pastor thinks of your favorite movie. Mm-hmm. There's over... Except for Pixels. Except for Pixels. There's probably over about, I think there's around... Close to 60 reviews now. I've been doing it, you know, every other week for a couple of years here. And uh, and then there's a lot of other stuff, too. And there's a, a bunch of things that are kind of connected to the catechism. So there's a bunch that I've been doing where it's like 10 movies that deal with, you know, we went through each of the 10 commandments and through the creed and stuff like that. There's even if you're big into Marvel, uh, there's some stuff there about the uh, Marvel movies and the Apostles Creed. So check it out. Okay. Very cool. Okay, so you've been listening to Ted Giese today, and you've been listening to Matthew Pancake, and you've been listening to Henry Volk on Angel Repair Juice. If you'd like to, you can send us an email at angelrepairjuicepc at gmail.com. You can also look for our website, angelrepairjuice.wordpress.com. And you can uh, find me, Matthew Pancake. You can find Henry there. You can actually find Ted. On, uh, do you have a page on there, Ted? 
uh, on, on Facebook. The Facebook. Yeah, on Facebook. Oh yeah. Okay, so you can find him there if you would like to hook up with that. So thanks for listening to us today, and may God bless you. <laughs>